All right, y'all, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday live from St. John Fisher University. Nate Geary here. I am live with Bills wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. First and foremost, good afternoon to you, man, and thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me. All right, so listen, I, I was walking in, uh, a lot of people cheering on the sidelines. The, I, I, I tried to measure it. But I had you as like the third loudest cheer coming out of the field. Josh is unbeatable. No one's going to beat yeah. Josh's cheer when he walks out here. Yeah. But I also saw Jordan Phillips trying to like kind of take other people's cheers. He's like kind of waving to people. Yeah. Like, how does it feel? I mean, this is your third training camp, but this is your first one here at Fisher, right? Uh, no, second. Second one, Fisher. Okay. Yeah. So this is your fourth year as a Bill. Fifth. Fifth year. That's right. You came in Denver. halfway through the series. And yeah, okay. So this is your, your second training camp here at St. John Fisher as a team. How is it to be back here compared to being back in Buffalo where you don't have fans in the stands? I mean, this training camp is, I think, unique to across the league. Yep. I don't know how much you're on Twitter during training camp, but, like, I saw the Commanders training uh -huh. camp. They had, like, five fans in the stands. <laughs> I mean, this is a different level training camp from across the league. People show out here yeah. in, at St. John Fisher. I love it. You know, we always pack sold-out tickets, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the fans are that glad that we're back here, and we're glad that we're back here, you know, to give them a show. So it's been pretty fun so far. So tell me about this. So, you know, last year you have the Patriots game. You uh -huh. kind of come back on the scene, and you walk into this training camp. You walk into OTAs, I think, with an expectation like that this is your year to start to really set yourself apart, be that slot guy that Josh can rely on with Cole out here. What to you this year when you walked into this offseason, what was your expectations for yourself walking into this season, into this training camp? Like what did you have feel like you had to prove to yourself or to everybody else here? Um to prove I could be an every down receiver, you know, not just a gadget guy to come in, get a play here and there and get out. And like you said, you alluded to the, the Patriots game. Um, I take that game, for example, like I can do it, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's running routes, getting jet sweeps, just doing my job to help the team win. And I felt like this offseason, my plan was to go into OTAs and show them that I can run routes. I can I can do everything, you know, Bees has done, even though he was a, he's a great slot receiver. Um, I can do everything he's done. You know what I'm saying? I'm fast. I can catch the ball. I can be consistent. I can run routes. And I just want to prove that to him in OTAs. And now we're in camp. I get to show that each and every day, you know, with the opportunities I'm getting. So as a slot receiver, I think a lot of people, when, when you're talking football, you're thinking outside receivers, you're thinking boundary receivers and their responsibilities as a slot guy. Yeah. Talking about the difference between what you have to do versus man versus zone uh -huh. and knowing how good Cole Beasley was at just finding those areas in the yeah. zone. Like, how much of an advantage for you as a guy that's trying to polish yourself as an all-around slot receiver in the NFL, but a guy that can move out inside and outside a little bit too uh -huh. as well. How much does having Cole Beasley be here with you the last couple of years help you understand like the intricacies of playing the slot position? Because I think there is way more nuance to the position than people maybe give it credit for. It is. Well, you're an outside guy. You just got to beat your man. You know what I'm saying you don't have to really read the shell of uh, the coverage or the shell. In the slot, you got to see you got to see top to bottom. If the if the DN drops out, right. that's another man in your zone. Or if the 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 back four, if they if they rotate, you gotta see that as well. It depends on how you know we got a lot of option routes in the slot position. If it's not man to man, then zone is pretty hard. So you just gotta find those holes. And with Bees being here, he taught me a lot, and mm -hmm. I watched him. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to run every route fast, right? Especially in zone coverage, you want to just get to the hole, get there, and get upfield. And I learned that from him. Just him catching the ball, getting upfield in zone, and when it's man-to-man, -man, that's when you get your yards at the catch. I mean, yeah, the yards at the catch. So him being around was amazing. You know what I'm saying? It taught me a lot. It slowed the game down for me so much. So that's why I come out here now, and, it's, and the game's so slowed down for me. And obviously I got the speed, so when it's time to run fast, I can. So it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a great journey with him.
Isaiah McKenzie here live from Buffalo Bills training camp after practice. And today's the first day pads go on. Yeah. What's the difference for you? When is there a different mindset? Is there um, you're talking about the game speed? Like, what's the mindset when you guys put the pads on here in practice, knowing that like this isn't 15 years ago yeah. where you guys are doing Oklahoma drills on the yeah. uh, on the field and like. There's a level that you want to bring it to, but how do you, especially at your position, temper those those emotions when when the pads come on, knowing that like as much as those defensive backs are told like, hey, make sure you're 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 kind of staying off guys, make sure you get physical, but we're not out here to hurt anybody. We're out here to get through the day, but get our work in. Like, how do you change your mindset, but also at the same time with that change, temper the things to make sure that you guys aren't letting your emotions get the best of you, knowing it's your teammate on the other side. Oh, of course. Um, actually, I got hit today. I got caught a ball. I got hit today. And um, I, I didn't get mad at it. I, I know it's a part of the game. Sometimes, I mean, we have pads on this yeah. football. We support, it's a contact sport. Sure. So when I got hit, I was just like, yo, you know, good job, blah, blah, whatever. But it comes to a, a point where if I'm not looking or, you know what I'm saying, I'm up in the air right. or I don't see you and you hit me and you hit me, you know, pretty good. And I'm out there laid out, probably got dinged up now. And it's like that's you can control that, you know. Yeah. But if I'm running at you, you're running at me, we see each other, you know, we can kind of thud up. And then, you know, let those, you know, let it flare. But other than that, like, I feel like this team has a good control over, you know, doing the right things, going the right speed, and, you know, controlling their emotions. So this isn't an old joke, I promise. <laughs> yeah. You're the longest tenure receiver here. I am. I've been t- I'm telling them every day. <laughs> <laughs> I told them I've been through the bad times, the good times, right. the great times. Everything between. Yeah. So being the longest tenure guy here and having that rapport with Josh Allen, you're the only guy in this roster that got to play with Josh from year one yeah. to now. Uh-huh. Walk me through the transition you yourself have seen from Josh, from being a guy who was kind of wide-eyed coming in here, wanting to prove himself his rookie year. Uh-huh. The transition mid-season that team had where, you know, they start the year with Andre Holmes and Calvin Benjamin, and then you kind of come in and start to really make a mark on, well, this is the kind of receiver that we want to have around Josh. Guys with yards after catchability, with speed, because, I mean, let's be honest, there isn't a throw on this field that Josh Allen can't make. But talk about the transition you yourself have seen, whether it's mentally, physically, processing-wise. Like, what is the biggest difference from when you walked in here mid-season from Denver back in 2018 to right now going into his fifth year where there's expectations this guy is going to be the MVP of the league this year. <laughs> well, Josh, when I first got here, Josh was, you know, kind of dinged up. So he didn't play until like the last, I think, five, five six games. Yep. And he showed me a lot. You know what I'm saying? He had the arm talent. He's big. He can also run. I had no idea this dude could run. So That's I found crazy. it out. And then going into 2019 when Smoke and, John, uh, Smoke and uh, Beast, yep. uh, Beast came in and we went to the playoffs in the first round and you saw that, like, you know, going into that season, they were like, oh, Josh is inaccurate. You know what I'm saying? He can't, he can't do this, but he has the arm strength. You know what I'm saying? He can't keep running the ball like he's running it. Yeah. And I'm and I'm like, what do you guys see? You know what I'm saying? I'm in practice every day, and I see a different Josh every single year. So 2019 came. We went to the playoffs. He took us to the playoffs, you know, as a short raw receiver group. You know, it was like 5-7 and yeah. under, 5-8 and under. And we go to the first-round playoffs, lose to the Texans. And then we come back in 2020, and then Josh is lighting it up. But mentally, I felt like Josh was like, he knows he's that dude now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Running the ball, throwing the ball. And he got nothing but confidence around him. Me, myself, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis came in, you know, and John Brown and Cole Beasley were still yep. here. And he has those guys now. He has the confidence. I can get this ball anywhere. I know my weapons are going to help me out. I just got to make the right decisions. And I feel like when Josh made that, made that up in his mind, like, all I got to do is make the right decisions, get the ball there, and, you know, run when I have to run. Right. And, and not try to make a big play out of nothing. Oh, and also Dawson Knox. You know, yeah. and it worked for him. You know what I'm saying? He got the confidence from us. And he gained that confidence. Now he's just rolling. He know what he can do. He's checking. 
he checked like yesterday. He threw me a big box, a big box fade uh, in practice, and he checked it last second. Like, hey, Isaiah, say hut, and he threw it. It was just like that's he's grown so much. You know, what I'm saying from 2018 to now, his mental has expanded, and um, you know, I'm I'm glad to be a part of that and still be here for yeah. him. You know. Isaiah McKenzie here live from training camp. Isaiah, I got a couple more for you here. I, I'm, I'm interested in your overall thought process here with a new offensive coordinator, but a lot of the same terminology. Yeah. Not a lot of stuff has changed. It's just a new voice making the calls. Uh, what is the biggest difference that you find? Is it, is it mindset? Is it, you know, preparation? Um, what's the biggest difference between Dave's and, 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 and Ken Dorsey here going in this year? And by the way, like, we're, we're kind of close in age. I'm 30 years, a couple years younger than me. Like, Ken Dorsey's like, the you Ken Dorsey, like yeah, yeah. I still kind of, it's still kind of crazy. When I come, yeah, it's still kind of crazy when I come here. Like that dude's the you Ken Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's awesome. I feel like Brian David left his, you know, left his mark. Like, hey, this is how we do things, yeah. and, th- and this works. And Josh feels the same way. So when Ken Dorsey came in, he just, you know, scooped the plate up, and he, yep. and we just eating off his, you know. So I feel like Ken Dorsey's doing a great job. You know, he's making the right calls, making the right decisions. He's putting us in great situations, and him and Josh are working together. So like you said, it's just a different voice calling the plays. But I feel like somewhere, you know, deep down below, you know, Dave is still in there, you know, yeah. and, and Ken Dorsey's head, like, okay, Dave just did it this way. Let me let me try to follow this and things like that. Because I know Ken Dorsey wants, you know, wants, wanted this opportunity. Right, and absolutely. He, he's going to make the best of it. So he's not going to try to mess this up. And I know he's going to do a great job this season, and I'm happy for him. So last thing I got for you, Isaiah, like, you know, we're talking about the you, Ken Dorsey here, and, like, yeah. it's still, like, I, I still kind of just think about that team, the Willis McGahee team, Clinton Portis, like, you got Von Miller on the other side of you now? Like, <laughs> I, I, I keep saying it's like Von Miller's the coolest dude in football, yeah. and it's still weird to walk out in this field, see number 40, and see Von Miller. Yeah. I got to imagine, you guys are in the NFL. It's a little bit different for you, but yeah. I got to feel like there's still a little bit of like, yo, that's Von Miller, yeah, two-time yeah. Oh, Super cool. Bowl champion, NFL defensive MVP, <laughs> yeah. Hall of Famer as soon as he walks off the field. Like, how is it for this team knowing that, like, listen, you guys are in the Super Bowl window right now, and your team, Brandon Bean, is adding guys like Von Miller, who's a first battle Hall of Famer. Whenever he hangs it up, he's walking into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, I actually played with him in Denver. So oh, right. That's right. I was, so yeah. it, you're probably the only one that's not as starstruck. But I assume there's got to be young guys on this yeah, team. Of, like, of course. Of course. There's, long, there's, there's still young guys that, you know, even in the locker room, yeah. everybody's just crowds around him. Like, hey, you know, he's also a DJ. So, like, everybody, like, crowds <laughs> around him and, and just, you know, hear what he has to say. Um but no, he he's been awesome. You know, I was with him in Denver. He's here now. He's a cool dude. Like you said, he's cool. He's very cool. On and off the field. Man, I didn't uh, know he was a DJ because we had Shaq up here like three weeks ago yeah. in Buffalo as DJ. Those two should have been on the stage at the same time. Yeah, but Shaq is way better. It's way bigger than uh, Vaughn. Yeah. Well, when it comes to DJ. Well, when it comes to DJ, I mean, Shaq, <laughs> Shaq is Shaq. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Isaiah, I appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for all the insight. Good luck this season. And uh, man, I, you're walking by. You might be outside. Like I said, outside Josh Allen, you might be the most popular dude here. We got franchise coming up from the stands over here. People yelling from all over. Just keep up the good work, man. And uh, it, we're we're rooting for your success, man. Thank you, brother. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you, Isaiah McKenzie here, live from uh, Buffalo Bills training camp at St. John University. Um, and you know the funny thing about the rest of this, or the remaining part of training camp, is there's going to be opportunities for Isaiah for some of these receivers to have um, I think one of the more important camps for the wide receiver position in terms of depth and everything that you have on this team you know Zach and I were talking about this a little bit earlier and um, 
there's just a lot of opportunity outside of the top two guys on this roster. You've got Gabriel Davis, who I think is locked into that number two wide receiver role. You've got Stephon Diggs. I don't got to tell you he's locked into that number one wide receiver role. But Isaiah McKenzie and, and Matt Perino joining me now um, here live from Buffalo Bills training camp from New York Upstate. Like Isaiah is great to have on the microphone. He gives you great uh, insight. He, he's a entertaining guy. But is there anybody having a more memorable, noticeable training camp right now than, than number six? I called him yesterday. I said that if you take all the practices and put them together, he's been the best player on offense on the field throughout training camp. And I think what happened was everybody saw the, the signing of Jameson Crowder right. a couple months ago and forgot what the highs have been of McKenzie in this offense. And I think one of the reasons that, listen, the Cole Beasley situation was what it was. But at the end of the day, they were willing to move on from him. Right. And to be willing to move on from him before Crowder's on the roster, you have to have a belief in McKenzie. And when they signed him back... You know, I think he's betting on himself. He signed a one-year deal. I think he's coming here ready to work. Stephon Diggs said he's done more work this offseason than he's ever seen him do. And nobody knows Josh Allen as a receiver better than Isaiah McKenzie. I I told him, I was like, I don't want to throw an old – this isn't an old joke. But you're the longest tenured receiver here, which is kind of crazy. I mean, you think about it. This is his second training camp here at St. John Fisher. He's been here for five years. He came in midway through that rookie season to Josh Allen. And to, to sort of see his his role sort of plateau, especially early on in that 2018 season, there was a lot of belief that, like, you know, he's going to be the starting slot receiver. You bring in two shorter receivers in Cole Beasley and, uh, and John Brown a couple of years ago and Josh Allen's second year, and you see Josh Allen take that team to the playoffs. And then his role sort of plateaued after that, Matt. And, and now you're sort of seeing the resurgence of Isaiah McKenzie. And I think that says a lot about the player because at this point in his career, you could tuck your tail between your legs and say, I'm just going to go try this someplace else. He wants to be here. He wants to be in the role that he's in. And listen, everything that you, you talked about about Jamison Crowder is correct. I mean, that's a guy who has had success in this league, not just in his last stop, but his first stop in Washington as well. And for Isaiah to be... I think holding him off right now with Crowder dinged up on the sidelines, this is less about Crowder losing that battle and more about Isaiah McKenzie running away with it. I'd say that he was losing the battle to start camp when Isaiah was running with Josh and Crowder was not, Yeah, even before he got hurt. And listen, you go back and you look at the history with Jamison Crowder, a lot of lower body injuries, a lot of soft tissue issues. So this isn't like something new for him. And, And you don't get better at battling those kinds of things as you get older. Yeah. The right. thing with Isaiah, you go back to last year when he was benched, right? What did that mean for Sean McDermott and this coaching staff, the way that he responded and had that performance and the way that he played down That's the so stretch? Right. That, I think, earned him a lot of cachet in this room to, to have another moment where it doesn't go perfect and to respond and still have some of your best moments as a Buffalo Bill. I think that means a lot to them, and he's playing like with unbelievable confidence. You watch him walking around the facility, yeah. out on the practice field, he were I would put him in the same pocket as Diggs and Gabriel Davis in terms of guy that knows what he can do and executing out there. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like when the games start and how they use him, uh, how the punt return, kick return battle goes. Uh, I'm not discounting him, but I think he's going to have a huge role in this offense. Yeah, and I, and I think the bigger role he has on offense, the less they're going to rely on him for special teams role. But I, what, the thing you're talking about is maturity. And you look across the league, and you have guys that get benched all the time, guys that are former number one overall picks. Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, the, the most important position on the field. And I think a lot of people saw what happened with him this offseason. You could, you could put it in two buckets, right? You could feel, you could say, well, what happened with Baker Mayfield was unfair, right? Like they go out, they trade for, uh, and he went out, he played injured. And it didn't matter at the end of the day because they go out, they trade for Deshaun Watson. And whether or not people think that's right, wrong, whatever, 
the way he handled it was not in a way that everyone would say that's the beacon of maturity. How Isaiah McKenzie handled his benching after, let's be honest, a tough break, right? It wasn't anything that Isaiah McKenzie was doing in terms of preparation work. It wasn't about him, the person on or off the field. It just was a couple of bad breaks for Isaiah McKenzie. And McKenzie could have easily put his tail between his legs, and that could have been the end of Isaiah McKenzie here in Buffalo. Oh, but instead, he takes it as an opportunity to grow, that growth mindset that Sean McDermott is always talking about. I, I don't want to call it a test, but it is kind of a test, Matt. When you get benched in this league as an NFL player with you know status, with a first-round pick grade, that's not Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie didn't walk in the league with a silver spoon in his mouth. He had to earn every opportunity, every rep he's had. And for to see him get benched in a situation like that last year where he trips and falls and the ball just pops out in a punt return, that, that could have been it for him. But the maturity level that you're talking about, I think, has been on display. Maturity is funny because he is sort of the lighthearted, funny uh, – kind of you know loose loose guy on this field but I, I don't think you can make any mistake about it this guy is one of the more mature level-headed guys he understands himself what he can do well and giving himself an opportunity to to be in this role I think says a lot about him as a person but as a player in this organization how much the organization believes in him there are three days now and this was the first day in pads and he did it again where I thought he you could make an argument that he had the best play of the day mm. and today again it's you know one-on-one with Taron Johnson one-on-one with Dane Jackson or Kyrie Elam. It doesn't matter who they put on McKenzie. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember a time he's had a drop in this camp yet. And you look at some of the younger receivers that are trying to make you know, uh, some impressions, Isaiah Hodgins, yep. Marquez Stevenson, you can't say the same thing for them. There's been some drop issues at times. I thought Hodgins had his best practice today. But McKenzie's that perfect example for that entire young room. Sure. That Listen, you might have some things that don't go right for you early on, but if you stay at it, if you continue to produce, there might be opportunities for you with this team long term. And I think now looking at it, you know, they go out and they draft – Khalil Shakir, he gets all this buzz all offseason. They sign Crowder. Yep. There's also, you know, a, a couple of other young players that could kind of be in the mix. It doesn't matter to McKenzie because he just comes in here, makes plays. He has that infectious energy. And I think if you look at Brandon Bean's tenure here, you look at all the position groups, I think you could you could probably poke some holes in the defensive line and the way that they've built that over the years. Now they have sure. Bond, and, you know, it's it looks good, right? The way they've built a blueprint to the way they built the wide receiver room, I don't know if, if a GM has done a better job in this decade at a mm-hmm. position group filling out every hole. And the, 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 the iterations of the rooms, like the John Brown, Cole Beasley era, yeah. onto the Diggs so era, that, now right. Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, there's, there's elite talent everywhere that you look, and they've found a way to get the right guys that work with Josh Allen, their quarterback. Matt Perino, New York Upstate, joining me here live from St. John Fisher University in the Pavilion. Um, and, Matt, you know, obviously the wide receiver conversation has been, I think, the, the the biggest topic of discussion throughout training camp so far. One that I think is kind of an under-the-radar topic of discussion is the offensive line right now. No Roger Saffold. Uh, right now there's no Deion Dawkins, and there hasn't been a Spencer Brown appearance, at least in team drills. He's in pads. He's here. He's on the sidelines, on the bike. But he has not really seen any reps in individual or team drills. Is there any level of concern with new guys, new faces like Roger Saffold, year two for Spencer Brown, needing for him to want and wanting to see him take that step? Is there a concern in your mind that this offensive line has yet to really play a snap together, at least the projected starting five, here yet in training camp, knowing that a new offensive line, a new coach on Aaron Cromer, that you want to have that continuity, you want to have that chemistry going into the season? Is there concern there for you? You You're good at your job. 
You know, your timing is impeccable. I just was over there chatting with Mitch Morris. Uh, he was speaking with the media, and I asked him that specific question. Is there concern that you're sitting here on the first day of padded practice at camp, and you're out there, and the only projected starter is you? I mean, Deion Dawkins is during, d- d- dealing with some personal issues right now. He actually said that they're praying for him, and he's, he, he puts it out there that he wants everybody to pray for whatever's going on with Deion. So thoughts go out to him. I, mean, one of, I put it out the other day, one of the best interviews no doubt. in sports. Yep. I love Deion. But you're, to your point, Spencer Brown, the concerning part for me for Brown is day one, he did participate in team. Mm. And then that was it. They dialed him back. And obviously it's a back issue. You always get worried with big guys like that. Is this something that can, can linger? It's good that he's out there. But what, what are, what's the situation as you get toward – he hasn't really played football now yeah. at all this entire spring. No, no spring, no, no mini camps, no OTAs. Exactly. So now the one good thing I will say for this unit is they're used to the revolving doors of, sure. do, doors of it all. John Feliciano played multiple positions. Yep. Daryl Williams last year started on the outside, came into the inside. So Dawkins said the other day too, like I, I'm more comfortable at this point changing things up more and more because the longer you play next to each other, it just doesn't happen. So they've gotten used to adapting. And I think having a veteran guy like Morris, who's now eight, nine years in the league, he's seen it all. He's dealt with everything. He knows, you know, what he has to do in front of Josh Allen. He knows Allen's back there, and we've talked about it. I, I think offensive line play for the strength of this offense, the passing game, it's not as important as if they can get things going in the run game. That's right. And I saw. I think getting Saffold back is going to be really important. I think Questenberry has a role. That's his strength, right, in the run game. The way that the, the Titans ran the ball last year, even without Derrick Henry, yeah, it was very well, really good. Yeah, and you know, Questenberry is a good jumping off point here as a guy to talk about because you know I expected him to be you know in the in the mix for the swing tackle role is it going to be him is it going to be Tommy Doyle we'll talk about Doyle in a second too but his versatility has surprised me and maybe it's just because he hasn't been asked to be versatile yet at this point in his career but having him play left guard right guard having him play right tackle if, if he's got to swing the left tackle I'm sure that's available for him too how much is that versatility going to play in his ability to make that 53-man roster Doyle or Questenberry uh Questenberry yeah I was not expecting that versatility, by the way. Yeah. You see these big guys on the outside, and you would think that just, like, the skill set, it doesn't really transition. But then you see Williams do it last year, and you're just like, this is starting to become the norm in the league. Right, it's across the league. It's not just here. And I don't think Doyle played any guard at Miami of Ohio. No, he was strictly a a, a tackle. Right. And obviously with what they're dealing with injury-wise, he's been strictly a, a tackle but, yeah, I think Questenberry's versatility is huge. And if he can bring some nasty on the interior of the, uh, of the offensive line, when we get there, I do think it's going to end up being Bates and Sample. Yeah. As long as everybody's healthy, as long as everybody can go, I think that that's probably how they imagine it with Morse in the middle. But, yeah, having a guy that could be your swing tackle and maybe even your swing guard, yeah. that's real great versatility. That's what Bates has been for them the last couple of years. Yeah, they're cross-training a lot of guys. Seeing Tommy Doyle get that more opportunity to be cross-trained, to play some guard, to play some tackle, I think tells you a little bit about what this franchise thinks of him. Um, you know, he coming into, I think, a big offseason to show himself that he can be this team's full-time sort of swing tackle, be the – be the sixth offensive lineman to see him moving all around is a great sign for him i think and the inverse of that though seeing all of the the cross training and seeing all the versatility from these offensive linemen has me thinking that i don't know how cody ford is going to be able to do enough what it's going to have to be in game situations because i don't think he's really out here getting an opportunity to, to to go with the starting offense to go with the ones even with those injuries so to me that's a little concerning if you're cody ford going into 
arguably the most important offseason of his career. Well, the good news for him is that I thought he held up well today. Now, there was only a few prep. Uh, periods where they were going full D-line on, on O-line. They do that yep. thing where it's 50-50, one side kind of like doesn't rush. But I thought Ford, uh, who was in, and I believe at right guard today, looked pretty solid. And that's that's a good day for him. But to your point, I think he's going to need a little bit more, you know, long, over the course of the next few weeks to make an impression. He's going to be on the roster. He's been in this offense for a lot of years. I think Cromer's kind of high on him, and I think he's got the kind of versatility that in a pinch, if you're really down a bunch of guys, you can probably throw him back out there at right tackle. He's done it before. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a tough offseason for Cody Ford, who, you know, I he we haven't gotten a lot of chances to talk to him over the last couple of years. I don't, yeah. I don't know what kind of headspace he's in. I don't know what he's fighting for here. Is he fighting for a starting job? Is he fighting for his roster life? We're going to see that, and he's going to get a chance in the game. I think he's going to get a lot of reps, a lot, a lot of preseason work. He's got to yeah. stay healthy. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent right. Before I let you go, I want to. We talked a lot about the offensive line. We talked a lot about um, the wide receiver group here. Who stood out to you on defense? And obviously today, no Micah Hyde. To uh, was it Jaquan Johnson that hopped in uh, and in place of of it was of mostly Hamlin. It was mostly Hamlin. Yes, I thought it, if I was divvying it up, I, I might have said like sixty-five, seventy to thirty for wow. Hamlin with the first team. But they were definitely interchanging, and that's just like. You know, I wasn't sitting there charting every play. Hamlin sure. this play. It just every time I looked out there, it, it seemed, seemed like, like it was more more Hamlin, and it, and he's been good. He had the interception yesterday, and he's somebody that we don't even talk a lot about because the fourth safety for this team has not even been the in the cards. Third safety isn't in that's the true. cards. That's I mean, true. That's true. So you know, they love Hamlin. They love the work ethic. I remember talking to Brandon Bean when he drafted him. The value that they got on him. He's really fast. He's instinctive. He plays like that out there, sideline to sideline, like. He's really good. I think that's what makes Hyde so spectacular. I mean, yeah, let's go back and dial up that interception in the playoff game last year. You know, you don't have to show much more than that with Hyde. But I think Hamlin is kind of in that mold, and I think getting a chance to work behind these two guys has allowed him to really develop a lot of uh, confidence in what he's able to do. But, you know, we saw Micah Hyde off to the side today. He was walking a little bit. Uh, look good coming off that the way that he limped off the field concern I was like uh, that might be a week or two before he's even able to like walk around he's already doing it so I think he's in a good spot it's a minor injury I don't think it's going to be long term but yeah all of these situations that have come up came up Poyer and Hyde not attending OTAs you know a a Hyde injury here early in training camp it just gives these young guys more reps which is you know valuable for the coaching staff to assess them and i gotta wonder there's two guys and, and we and, and sale and i were talking about this we were talking about this with bruce yesterday too this feels like a really maybe the best opportunity for cam lewis to make the 53-man roster he's been getting some cross training in an opportunity to maybe play some safety this offseason and, and and show that he can play both positions the other guy that everybody talked about this time last year was nick mcleod and i see him on the field that guy is a big dude for a defensive back he seems like a guy that could play both corner and safety but listen it's a numbers game at this point they're not keeping seven corners or whatever like so how much is that versatility going to matter for that position knowing that you probably are damar hamlin and jaquan johnson probably both locks based on their special teams ability too like what does that cornerback room look like to you and uh and who do you think ends up maybe being the odd man out so the the mcleod piece is tough because I just don't think that they'll value him over Lewis or Neal. Neal, obviously. They just give him a three-year deal. He's a lock. He's a lock. He's a fifth. He's a fifth guy. And Lewis is a guy that if they cut him, he'll be signed immediately. Yeah. And so you got to think about that. McLeod, you at least could have a chance of bringing him back to your practice squad. Last year, the Bengals scooped him up, but he didn't last long there. He ended up back on the practice squad for the rest of the the season. To your point, McLeod's a good player. And how convenient to bring up a Notre Dame guy on the show. 
uh, you know, give him a little love. I, I appreciate that. Come he's on. earned it. Yeah. He's earned it. Yeah. He's played really well out there. And, you know, today he had an interception. I thought it was the sticky coverage of Elijah Griffin, who maybe hasn't gotten a, a lot of love pub. Him. Yeah. But it was his coverage that really allowed uh, McLeod to come over and make that interception. But they're both playing well. They do a really good dr- job at finding talent in those undrafted guys. And in developing the it. Yes. Yeah. Dude, Lewis looks like the real deal. I know it's a UB guy. I've always been very biased in that department. But just watching him out here before the pads have come on, he's so year competitive. One, year one to now. Yes. He is the beacon of development in what this program and what this franchise. And listen, let's be honest. Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier might be, are they cornerback whisperers? I don't right. know because, like, the, to see the development of a guy like that who's playing in the MAC walk in year one, it wasn't that the, that the stage was too big for him. But let's be honest, where he was year one to now, it's unrecognizable, the player that you see in number 39. The way that the things have developed in that room, too, I think they like Neil more on the boundary, which mm. is interesting because for a long time, he was the big him. nickel, yes, that, right? That's right. So I think the primary backup could be to Taron Johnson. could be Cam Lewis because last year, remember in that game that's right. where, where Johnson was out, Lewis went in. So now you're starting to play with the numbers. And, and I think that you can do that because last year they kept 11 defensive linemen. I don't see them keeping I don't see more keeping than nine. Yep. And unless Brandon Bryant, dude, that dude's been playing with his with his helmet on fire throughout training camp. I really like his quickness, how savvy he is in the interior. For a guy that we don't talk a lot about, I like him. But again, I think he could be a priority uh, practice squad guy. They love they love Ilianku, but yep. I just think there's going to be other positions they might want to keep seven receivers so they can get all these guys that Maybe they three want. Three tight ends this year. Maybe three tight ends, dude. Yep. Tommy Sweeney's starting to ball again. Yeah, the Sween dog the train. Sween dog. It's starting to pick up some <laughs> some hype here. I was a big Sween guy as a rookie he's gone through a lot right yeah, no, the, the myocarditis, COVID, yeah. the myocarditis last year trying to get himself right dude the last two days looks like the guy that i remember here on this campus in 2019 as a rookie dawson knox went out early he had a great camp That's right. great preseason it's it's starting to look like that so i think quentin morris a guy that they really like too, J- uh, jalen weidemeyer a yeah. guy that a lot of people A&M. were talking about yep. him they have an h- uphill battle. I-, I think I think they love Sweeney, what he brings in the room, too. Awesome. I appreciate you, Prino. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and uh, we'll talk, you know, later, soon. Maybe I'll play some ball in your front yard. I don't know. Again, we're getting close to the end of golf season, so if, like, a rolled ankle happens, what am I going to miss? A couple weeks of golf? Right. Like, I can't have a rolled ankle in June. You here Monday? No. Oh, I think we're hitting the links on Monday. I would have loved to just see whatever you bring to the situation. And here's the thing, too. Um... At one point, I'm going to beat you in golf. I Listen, I mean. You're going to have an off day. I'm just going to hit enough good ball. Like, when's the last time you shot, like, an 86? Be honest. Oh, 86? Uh, I, I played Oak Hill last weekend and I shot in the 90s. I'm coming for you, but Gary. But, listen, you'd shoot, you'd shoot, you'd for shoot you, triple Gary. digits at Oak I'm Hill. I'm coming for it. you, Gary. Whatever. Matt Perino there, live from Buffalo Bills training camp. I'm going to take a timeout on the other side. We're going to hear from Mitch Morse and Devin Singletary, who met with the media after practice. we got Mina Kimes at 1 o'clock, so we got a loaded lineup here coming up here on WGR. All right, welcome back. We are live here at Buffalo Bills Training Camp. I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR. And coverage of Buffalo Bills Training Camp on WGR is brought to you by Fiegel, Carr, and Joyce, your border attorneys. Buy New York's outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And by Northtown Kia, the number one certified pre-owned Kia dealer in the eastern region. Shop NorthtownKia.com. As I promised, we had Mitch Morse and Devin Singletary meet with the media following practice day. We're going to play back here for you, Mitch Morse, who met just moments ago with the media. Practice, is that 
Yeah, it, you know, it's we've already been here a whole week. Guys aren't sleeping very well away from their families. You put on pads. Uh, the anticipation behind pads can build up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a more physical game out there when the pads are on. So, um, yeah, stuff like that, especially in the first day, is going to happen. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate at times, but at times uh, you work through some stuff and come out as a better team on the other side, which I feel like is the case in this instance. Have you ever seen a quarterback in the um, If I have, it's been few and far between. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of fiery competitors out there, regardless of who it is. Um, you know, when Josh comes out like that and has a show of emotion like that, you definitely – catches your eye but in the end it's one of those things that never takes its way to the locker room and uh, I think it was a lesson learned for uh, all of us Did the radar off a little bit more for you guys when you got involved in that? Oh yeah immediately you want him out of that pile so uh, you know emotions are allowed to get high this is an emotional sport um, tensions run high at times uh, yeah but you never want it to be carried over or carried away and then someone get hurt um and and then you're you have some real trouble on your hands and then things get escalate quickly You know, it's kind of the uh, – it's been it's training camp through and through, right? The, it's the epitome of training camp is guys shuffling around. Um, injuries or personal matters uh, take people away from the game or away from uh, their position, along with just the natural shuffling to uh, get guys ready and also to just see where guys can play so that when the preseason games come around, they can be in a position where they can show off, and even if it's not here, they can play somewhere else or show you know, our staff that they can be a valuable asset backing up other places on the line. So um, it's just kind of like a, the, the perfect thing it kind of meshed in this instance. Um, just speaking on Dion, uh, don't know much about what's going on, but we're all praying for him. Um, and, uh, we wish you, know, you guys would do the same, and uh, we're thinking about him. Um, well, first of all, our younger guys are guys who have put, you know, had a collective of, uh, I think our second line at one point had 180 combined starts together, which is pretty remarkable and uh, invaluable um, asset in that, which is just game reps. Um, yeah, you don't want to see guys get hurt, right? Uh, the unfortunate thing is it's the reality of this business. And, um, you know, it's, it's really a next man up. And, and right now we have some time for guys to heal and guys to step in and show what they can do. And, and I think the guys who are doing that are doing a very good job of that. And it's a testament to Coach Cromer, uh, you know, having the card shuffled for him right off the rip. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's going as good as you can hope for. Uh, there's, there's days where I think we can all help them out. 
I think today is one of those days where execution at times wasn't the best, and I'll put that on me for the offensive line and stuff like that. So they have a vision, and uh, they're doing the best they can to kind of express that vision. You know, certain guys take information different ways. You know, a message that resonates with me just might not hit someone else's brain. So sometimes it's just about repetition and saying something differently, even if it has the same uh, answer to it. So. That's kind of what we're doing right now, and we're all trying to get each other on the same page and guys helping guys, and it's a, it's a fairly veteran room, which is kind of fun to see and something that I didn't have when I was a rookie, so uh, trying to get the rookies up to speed on that and go from there. What's it been like working with Eric Romo for the first time? It's awesome. You know, it's a, it's, it's a new challenge, right? Every offensive line coach you have elevates your game, challenges you to do something new, uh, and, you know, Every offensive line coach, it seems for me at the time that I that I get to work with them, is the exact person that I need to help me. You know, whether it was Coach Heck in Kansas City, Bobby Johnson these last few years, and now Coach Cromer. And uh, I, I think he's got a vision for what he wants his offensive line to be. Um, he's done it for a very long time, and just kind of like I said before, he's trying to get everyone on the same page, even if it's saying the same thing a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I mean, you – yeah, the pressure's always on to perform in the run game, right? It just – it's naturally – it naturally sets everything else up, puts you in positions where you're not relying on the, you know, the, the pass and putting guys who want to hunt the quarterback in that position. So, um, yeah, like I said, Coach Cromer's really trying to get his philosophy alongside with what um, the other coaches want and uh, – we're, we're really trying to hammer that in now. And now that we have the pads on, we have an opportunity to do that a little bit more. And it really is just going to be repetition after repetition. I don't think we're anywhere close to where we need to be. We have the foundation of what we know we want, we, we want to be. Um, right now it's just about executing, and, and that's kind of the task we're, we're, uh, we're dealt with. Uh, you had a front row seat to Ed Oliver the past few years. What improvements have you seen this training camp that you haven't seen in the previous Yeah, I think Ed's playing his best football right now. Uh, you know he's he's he really has a perceptual understanding of the the game, what an offense is going to do in certain when when we're lined up in certain things, um, and along with his God-given talent, which is just speed and power. I think he's got a great combination of both, and he's really kind of opening up the the defense and is playing really good football and uh, makes it hell on us. But we're really excited to see what he can do for our team. Right. What does that do for maybe some of the more under-the-radar players or maybe some of the players who are more rotation? Well, I think, uh, you know, Brandon brought in a, a, pl- a plethora of guys who can really play defensive line. It's an embarrassment of riches almost, and it's not lost upon us as an offensive line that we have the opportunity to go against a great defense, uh, you know, with a coach at the helm and uh, – Coach Washington has really got those guys on the same page. And like you said, you bring in a guy in like Vaughn, and we, don't, we have our backups in right now um, on paper, right? The guy's getting invaluable reps, and Vaughn is very gracious with what he's saying. Uh, you know, he's been around the block a time or two. And, uh, and then you have, if you ever put them on the same side as Ed, it's almost you know, it's a little bit cheating because two guys who are not only gifted but love football and play it 
exceptionally well. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, every offensive line coach is, is different with techniques, what they want to see, you know, how you, you, they envision the depth or how they envision helps, uh, you know, one guy helping another guy, how they envision protection being done and how that dictates where guys are and how they set. So every coach is very different. Um, it's a great challenge, but, you know, you also understand what works and go from there. All right, that is Bill's center, Mitch Morris. He met with the media right after practice. Uh, we're going to take a timeout on the other side. Devin Singletary, Bill's running back, he also met with the media after practice. We'll hear from him. His is a little bit shorter, so that will do that on the other side. We've got Mina Kimes from ESPN joining us at 1. We'll talk Josh Allen. We'll talk quarterbacks from around the league, her expectations for this Bill's team, and uh, other national storylines as well. Coverage of Bill's training camp on WGR is brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys by New York's outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And by Northtown Kia, the number one certified pre-owned Kia dealer in the eastern region. Shop NorthtownKia.com. Hey, everyone, Nate Geary here live for Yankee Barbecue. I've got to tell you, they are the best barbecue in Buffalo. They're traditional Texas-style barbecue that's smoked fresh daily. They've got smoked brisket, pork ribs, turkey chicken sausage, and the best homemade sides and sauces like their smoked mac and cheese, their house-made Loganberry barbecue sauce. They've also got the single greatest smoked beef rib I've ever had. They're giant. If you've never had beef ribs, off the smoker before make your way down to route five to yankee barbecue you'll never have anything like it if you're in the mood for a long nap which is you know kind of my favorite thing to do on a sunday afternoon go try their big texan sandwich it's a quarter pound brisket quarter pound pulled pork quarter pound turkey and a half hot sausage link and to hold the whole thing together they put a smoked pork rib as the toothpick it's unbelievable it's the definition of insanity just again make sure you have a bed nearby but if you're looking at you're the kind of guy like me you can't pick what kind of meat they want at their barbecue spot just get the big texan sandwich it gives you all of them in one just search for yankee barbecue online or visit them at yankee barbecue 716.com it's open wednesday through sunday but note they're closed today for a catering event they will be back in action tomorrow on sunday starting at noon come get the best texas style barbecue in buffalo and start your new food obsession today yankee barbecue route 5 woodlawn next to the ford plant All right, welcome back. I am live here from St. John Fisher University. I told you we were going to bring you Devin Singletary. So here is Singletary after practice today. Mm-hmm. Um, just just being light on my feet, you know, um, working on routes out the backfield, um, and then just trying to be more explosive. You know, um, those are some of my main focuses. I think it's been panning out for me. Take us into the dynamic in the room with you and James. How's that? Yeah, man, that's been smooth. It was already smooth. You know, we worked out together, you know, for the past couple years. So it's really just picking off where we left off, you know, but now we're actually playing ball for real and not just working out. So um, it's been good, you know, being able to get out here with him and see what he can do in pads and, you know, in the actual football setting. It's been fun. Do you view him as a 
Right, right. Um, yeah, we definitely different in our own way. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like what we do differently, we can learn from each other as well, and, and we also making each other better at the same time. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, um, the first day putting it back on always, you know, feel like you're trying to get your feet under you, just get that feeling back. Um, but it was fun. It was fun, you know. Like I said, it's just the first day, so um, you can only go up from here. Um, I don't know yet, man. I'm just I'm ready for whatever, to be honest. Whatever they need me to do, I'm going to be ready to do that. So um, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out real soon, though. Right. Like I said, I'm looking for whatever they're ready for me to do, I'm going to be ready to do that. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they're looking for me to do, I'm going to be ready to do that. That's my approach. Hey, Devin, in all your years of football, have you ever seen a quarterback be the one to start a skirmish in practice? Uh, maybe once or twice, but, um, you know, Josh is a little different. We all know that, so I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's looking good, man. We we all South Florida guys, so it's all love. You know, it's it's already like a brotherhood. You know, and um, like I told Sal, man, we're just learning from each other. You know what I'm saying? We're all learning from each other. Um, <clears throat> just trying to get better day in and day out. But it's been fun. It's been fun. I mean, I would say it's good because you just never know what's going to happen during the year or how the year is going to play out. So it's good to be able to get work with, with all the guys. So it, it's only going to help you in the long run. Uh, I mean, still trying to get a feel for it, um, you know, but I can tell you this. Coach Dorsey brings a lot of great energy to the team, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's definitely rubbing off on the guys. Right. Yeah, man, just just getting back to himself. You know, um, I think last year was tough for him, like you said, coming off the injury. But um, this year, he's, he's looking good. And um, just keep going. That's all you can do. Day in and day out, take it day by day. Keep getting better. Keep finding ways to get better. And I think that's what he's doing. Right. Um, I would say a lot of excitement. Um, just guys kind of trying not to be too anxious, but still at the same time anxious just to just to get to play someone else besides playing against each other, just to actually see where we are. Um, I, I think that's the best way to put it. Just just trying not to be too anxious right now. We're ready to go. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, just just our approach with everything day by day. Like I said, you always got to take it day by day. Of course, you, you're going to look ahead. You got goals. But to get to those goals, it's steps. So that's what we're doing, taking it day by day. Um, 
that's the best way to do it. To be honest, that's what we're doing. All right, that's Bills running back uh, Devin Singletary. We're going to take a timeout. ESPN's Mina Kime joins us next here on WGR.